Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, what stood out to me from Thursday's OTAs? What did I see? What did I hear? That plus a whole lot more coming up on Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for June 2nd, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it drops. And of course, if you're checking us out on YouTube, many thanks to my man Ari. He does a great job each and every day making sure we're up on YouTube. We're looking good. We're sounding good. We're doing what we're supposed to do. You can check out Ari on Twitter at Ari Produces. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter as well at your boy Q254. And of course, you can reach out on that Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line 707 654 Four six nine three. Those calls and texts will be coming up in segment number three. Segment number two, going to hear my interview that I had on Thursday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center with four-time Super Bowl champion Matt Mellon. Of course, he won two of those Super Bowls with the Oakland and the Los Angeles Raiders. I uh, had a really good conversation with him. It was on upon further review, but wanted to bring it to the Lockdown Raiders podcast as well again because, well, when you get an opportunity to talk to Matt Millen, the guy who's been in the front office, the guy who's paid attention to what was going on as far as talent evaluation, I know it didn't work out really well with him in Detroit while he was trying to put that Lions team together, but still knows what he's talking about, knows what he's looking for. So uh, I thought I had a really good conversation with him on Thursday, and you'll hear that conversation coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day. And of course, I went into the uh, OTA session on Thursday, the media session around 930 in the morning. Wanted to hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. Was hoping that he was going to give us some answers on Jimmy G, some answers on Hunter Renfro and Tyree Wilson, and off top, as I mentioned before, he's not really one that's going to elaborate too much when it comes to guys that are injured. And, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo is the main name. And so Vinny Bonsignor asked the first question, as, as I expected him to. It's like grandfathered into his, his role in the media room. He always asked the first question. And he just asked about the, you know, the article from uh, Pro Football Talk and Mike Florio, talked about the contract clause and you know that there was a lot of anxiety over Raider Nation with Jimmy G and Joshua Daniel says straight up, it wasn't very much. I, was, I would bring you the sound bite, but he didn't really say much. About 18 seconds. He said he doesn't have any anxiety. He said, uh, you know, Raider fans may have anxiety. Uh, the media may have anxiety, but he doesn't, right? There's nothing that has happened that has changed anything the way that the Raiders as an organization feels. And he really left it at that. Right, He said he can't control what he can't control. Uh, there's going to be guys that are going to miss time. He pointed out Josh Jacobs missed time in OTAs last year, missed time during training camp, and turned around and had a really good season, which he did as he led the league in rushing. So he really just kind of you know, opened the door and closed the door at the same time on the Jimmy G conversation. So there wasn't a whole lot to even talk about when it came to Jimmy G. We did ask multiple questions about other quarterbacks on the roster, like Brian Hoyer, asked questions about Chase Garbers, asked questions about Aiden O'Connell. That was a question that I got in, and we'll get to what he had to say about Aiden O'Connell in a hot minute. But really, it was a whole lot of nothing when it came to Jimmy Garoppolo. So at this point, Raider Nation, you know, we've talked about it. We've talked about the what ifs. We talked about the all bad scenario. We talked about the, the best case scenario that Jimmy G is there for training camp. So at this point, we're just kind of at, at wait and see mode. There's really nothing else we can do. Uh, we can pick and prod and, and try to ask questions multiple different ways and hope to get a different answer. But at this point, there's not a whole lot that head coach Josh McDaniels is going to give us when it comes to the quarterback. And when we get to see him out there, hopefully it's training camp, then we'll be able to see him out there and we can talk about it. But don't expect to see him next week in mandatory minicamp. Maybe he will be out there. I doubt it, but 
maybe he will. And if he's not, then okay. Then it's just kind of business as usual. As soon as mandatory minicamp gets wrapped up, then they'll head into uh, they'll head into not the off season, but a little bit of a break, and then they'll have training camp. And once training camp gets ramped up, then if he's still not out there, then of course the question will pop up again. Okay, where's Jimmy at now? You know, is there is there any type of a timetable or timeline or whatever for his return? And he'll never put like a yeah, we expect him the second week of training camp or the first week of the regular season. Like he'll never put a date on it. But we'll still ask the question just to hear his response. So, uh, you know, I did think that OTAs was pretty cool to be out there on Thursday and be able to see what we saw. There was a lot of Raider legends that were there in the building. As I mentioned, I had an opportunity to talk to uh, Matt Millen, a four-time Super Bowl champion, twice with the Raiders. But C. Wood was out there. Mike Haynes was out there. Jim Plunkett was out there. Phil Villapiano was out there. Raymond Chester, Art Shell. I mean, the list goes on and on. And you know how the Raiders do with the alumni, man. They get them out there. They like to uh, have them out at the training facility, walking around. They have a bunch of different events going on, and that's why I got the chance to catch up with Matt Millen. But it was cool to see all those Raider greats out there just observing practice, and and that's why that conversation I had with Matt Millen, uh, asking him, you know, what are you looking for? I know what I'm looking for, but what I'm looking at and what you're looking at are probably two different things. So that's a little bit of a tease for that conversation coming up in segment number two. But you know, seeing those guys out there, seeing them go through, uh, you know, their warm-ups and their stretching, and there's like a 10-minute period where we could take pictures of video, and I tweeted out a couple pictures, a couple videos. Uh, Dave Ziegler was out there talking with Hunter Renfro, who was in attendance. Hunter Renfro was working out. He looked the part, looked really good, looked like he was ready to go, right? Saw uh, Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro in some conversation. Didn't see Michael Mayer out there on Thursday, but guys like Trayvon Merrick, who I didn't see last week at OTAs, he was out there. Uh, just saw a, a, a very large attended OTA, which remember is voluntary. So for the most part, all the guys that needed to be out there were out there in attendance. And so uh, just a, a good, a good, I guess I don't, I don't want to say sense, but a good sense of the direction that they're trying to go. It looks like all the drills, they were going a little bit faster than what we saw even a year ago, even a week ago. It looked like they were just kind of moving a little bit quicker. Of course, there's no pads on. There's no popping of the pads. There's none of that. There's no physicality going on. But just it seemed like they were going from station to station with a sense of urgency, and that's a really good thing. So uh, we'll definitely talk more about OTAs and talk about the team in general, what I'm looking for in the team in general. You know, it's funny. I had my uh, show on Raider Nation Radio 920 unnecessary roughness on Thursday and the topic that I brought to the table was talking about the Raiders defense because you know we don't talk about the defense uh, quite enough especially with the whole Jimmy G situation it's been all quarterback 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 but I really spent a lot of time a big chunk of time talking about the defense and the question I threw out there was you know what is uh, the one thing that you feel like is either going to make or break the Raiders defense in 2023 and my thing was turnovers and why I even came up with that is myself and Vinny were watching the drills that they were going through and this is during the the non-filming session so we couldn't take pictures or videos or any of that stuff at that time and it was offense on defense I believe it was 11 on 11 again there's no pads on but there was a, a pass I think from Brian Hoyer and I don't know which wide receiver it was but he just kind of tipped the ball it popped up in the air and then it hit the ground no no harm no foul and I looked over at Vinny and I kind of looked at him angry and I was like that's got to be picked that's got to be picked off and taken the other way and and that's what I'm I think is going to be the biggest deal for the Raiders defense in 2023 I don't think they're going to be a lights out defense I know that they've added a lot of players to the defense but I don't think it's going to be all of a sudden go from you know being the bottom barrel of the league to you know top 10 defense I, I, that's not realistic you know I, I would like to see him just be you know around 20 21 22 but 
be able to create turnovers. They don't create turnovers. They've been basically last, if not last, close to last every single year for the longest. I think the last year that they really did a good job of creating turnovers was 2016. That's when Khalil Mack was Defensive Player of the Year. But for the most part, they were coming up with strip sacks. They were coming up with interceptions. They were finding ways to get the ball back for their offense. And that makes a big difference. And if you're in the early stages of trying to create a really good defense, I think that that's what you have to do. You have to find ways to create turnovers. So uh, really good teams, in my opinion, this is what I told Vinny, really good teams intercept that ball. When you tip that ball up, that tip drill, and the ball's floating in the air, you'll see a guy come, come, come down with it and go the other way. Especially when it's near the sideline like that, those, those plays more times than not re- result in scores. Right, and so if you can all of a sudden create a couple turnovers and take it to the house, or at least set your team up for really good position to score, that's, that's, I mean, that's a win right there, right? Regardless of how many points, uh, not points, but how many yards you give up per game, if you're able to come away with some turnovers and set your team up for success and get them close to, this, to the end zone, that's a win, right? You'll take that. And so that's what I'm really looking for for this Raiders defense in, in 2023 is the ability to create turnovers. Now, I will say they did improve on that. They had a tip drill uh, play maybe three plays later, and Trayvon Merrick came down with the play and took the ball the other way. And I looked at Vinny and said, that's what I'm talking about right there. You've got to come up with that more times than not. So I was happy to see Trayvon Merrick because we know he has struggled when it comes to creating turnovers, coming down with the ball. He's put a couple balls on the ground so far his time in the NFL has only had one career interception and he should have more than that so I was happy to see that but they've got to start it in OTAs then they got to work on that and they've got to develop that habit during training camp then that's got to turn over into the preseason right they've got to keep developing that habit and then hopefully by the time the regular season gets started and they're in Denver for week one they're able to all of a sudden without thinking about it come away with some turnovers that to me is going to be the key for the Raiders defense of 2023 I want to see the development from OTAs to training camp to preseason to the regular season how can these guys create turnovers the one thing I'm excited about that gives me hope that you're going to see that is a lot of the guys they drafted and I don't want to depend on just a bunch of of uh, of young guys that are on now on the roster a bunch of rookies but the guys that they drafted, like the Jacorian Bennis, you know, the Christopher Smiths, those guys have all had production in college coming away at the ball, creating turnovers. So that does give me a little bit of, you know, excitement for what they could potentially do. But they've got to build on that. They just can't say, hey, I got created turnovers in college. They're going to come natural. You've got to keep working on it. And that's what's going to be the first step, the first big step, I think, in the Raiders' defense starting to get turned around. Now, I did want – you to hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. I asked him the question about Aiden O'Connell, and you're going to hear the question and the answer, but basically we were talking about traits, and the traits that we always hear about Aiden O'Connell is that he gets it between the ears, right? He's a very intelligent dude. So here's a question I asked Coach McDaniels and his thoughts on the fourth-round pick out of Purdue. Uh, You talked about traits when it comes to young guys. Aiden O'Connell, one of his traits is intelligence and being able to pick up stuff pretty quickly. Have you been able to see that so far? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, it's spinning, you know, and the quarterbacks are probably spinning as much as anybody, you know, so, um, you're exactly right. Uh, that's definitely part of the, the allure, um, with Aiden. Um, you know, look, he played a lot of football, uh, in a, in a good conference, um, in college football, had a winning record in the big 10 every year that he played there at Purdue, um, which isn't easy to do. Um, you know, and, and he's, he's played against good competition, He's accurate with the ball. He he loves the game of football. He works very hard at it, which to me, if you don't have those two things um, at this position, it's going to be hard for you to ever, you know, continue to grow and develop at that at that place. So, um, you know, he's getting a lot of reps. Um, 
he'll he'll make mistakes and learn from them every day um and then you know hopefully not make him again you know that's the process that we're going through with the quarterbacks right now and um really love his attitude his demeanor um the way he approaches football and how he attacks every day so he's got a plan um you know and and that usually bodes well for you in terms of improving so there you go coach mcdaniel's answer on aiden o'connell and look it's only june 2nd I'm not saying that this guy's going to go in there and all of a sudden be a starter. I know that the fan base is kind of split on what this guy could potentially be. Is he a backup? Is he going to be a franchise guy? You know, I've said it many times. I look at him as a backup. Uh, I don't want to put that kind of pressure uh, being a, a rookie that all of a sudden he's got to go in there, you know, day one and, and save the day. I just I feel like that that's a lot of pressure to put on a rookie. Right. Especially a guy that, you know, lasted till the fourth round. I mean, it's one thing if you get drafted in the first round, it's like all eyes on you. All expectations are you're in the game immediately. When you're a fourth round pick, you're expected to kind of eat, be eased into action. Right. Could you imagine if all of a sudden week one going to Denver, you know, first three out of four games were on the road. It's like, OK, hey, no problem. Go ahead, Rook. You got it. Right. So obviously that's not what the Raiders want to do. Jimmy G is supposed to be the guy for that. But it sounded like for where they are right now, it's only early June that he's pretty pleased with what he's seen from Aiden O'Connell. And there's been a lot of people who have said, I think Aiden O'Connell is going to be a better quarterback than you're giving him credit for. And I'm okay with that. You know, I, I hope it works out. I really do. Uh, he, look, he looked apart. From everything I saw, he did look apart. Looked like he had a really strong arm, had an understanding of what he's supposed to do. I didn't see very many balls touch the ground while he was out there throwing it. But then again, he's not going up against a defense. He wasn't going up against, you know, a, a pass rush. It's, it, again, it's just OTAs, but... It sounds like, you know, from what head coach Josh McDaniels had to say about him, that things are going and trending in the right direction. And the traits that he loves, intelligence, a guy that loves football, something to prove, have a plan. That's something that Coach McDaniels all talked about there in that little soundbite. One more soundbite before we wrap up segment number one and get to my interview with uh, linebacker Matt Millen from uh, Thursday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Robin Lundberg from SI Now, he had an opportunity to catch up with Tom Brady, TB12, and uh, he put a really good piece out on SI Now. I had him on my radio show. But here is the video that Robin had tweeted out early on Thursday, which this is what made me reach out to him to get him on my radio show. Basically, Tom Brady letting everybody know He's very happy where he is, retired. What is your message to those fans, the media, whoever it is, that's constantly concocting a way for you to come back? I'm certain I'm not playing again, so I've tried to make that clear, and I, I hate to continue to profess that because I've already told people that uh, lots of times. But I'm looking forward to my, my broadcasting job at Fox next year. Um, I'm looking forward to the opportunity ahead with the, with the Raiders, and we're in the process of that along with the other different things that I'm a part of professionally and in my personal life, just spending as much time with my kids as I can and seeing them grow up and support the different things that they have going on. And that's a very important job. And I take them all pretty seriously. So there you go. TB12 right there, letting it be known that pretty much he's tired of reiterating that he's not coming back. He's in a really good place. He's looking forward to uh, his broadcasting career, which I never even knew if that was really going to get going or not. He's looking for his opportunity with the Raiders as a minority owner, not as a player. He's already part of the Aces as a minority owner, obviously not a player. I mean, he's he's sounding and looking like he is very comfortable with being retired. And after being in the league as long as, as he has, why wouldn't you be, right? Why would you want to put that stress on you? So, uh, you know, it just kind of helped put to bed those conversations of Tom Brady possibly coming back as the Raiders quarterback if Jimmy G can't go. So I thought that was really cool to have Robin on the show explaining his conversation that he had with TB12. Coming up in segment number two, you'll hear my conversation that I had with Raiders legend Matt Millen, four-time Super Bowl champ, won two of those rings with the silver and black. You'll hear it next here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast after 
I tell you about FanDuel. FanDuel is the title sponsor of this show, and right now is the best time to head to FanDuel because all new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. It used to be $1,000 back in uh, bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Now it's $2,500. That's incredible, man. They really increased that and then some, right? And you can have any kind of bets you want. Player prop bets. Uh, We had bets uh, on my Locked On Bets show. We had bets on dunks in the first quarter. Right. We had player prop bets. We had dunks in the first quarter. Of course, we had bets on NBA finals game number one. But you could also bet on the NHL. You could bet on Major League Baseball. They've got the lines. They've got the prop bets for everything. So check them out today. FanDuel.com. Of course, uh, there's no better place to bet on all the finals than America's number one sports book. You got to visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. You'll get a no sweat first bet up to two thousand five hundred dollars. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into the conversation I had at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ on Thursday with Matt Millen, a longtime linebacker for the Silver and Black, multiple-time Super Bowl champ, won two rings with the, the Raiders, one in Oakland, one in Los, or Los Angeles. I almost said Las Vegas, but in Los Angeles. He joined me inside the pod studio. I thought it was really cool. This is part of a pond for the review. I filled in for Eddie Pascal. He is back now from paternity leave, so I don't have to worry about that anymore, but it was fun getting an opportunity opportunity to catch up with Matt Millen. So here's our conversation as I started off with just asking how he was doing. It was great to see him again. Doing pretty good. Yeah, so far so good. Yes, yes, yes. Not dead yet. That's good. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, being out there on the grass and being out there on the blacktop, it it got pretty hot pretty quick. It is very deceptive. Yes. The biggest deception. Yeah, no, it is. Fast. I thought that, hey, man, I got shorts on today. It's not going to be too bad. And then all of a sudden it just it crept up. And I thought, okay, it's pretty hot. Let me go inside to the studio. So I'm glad that you're able to join us here in the studio. And you're here with uh, a bunch of the legends. And, you know, the Raiders, they always pride in, in the alumni and, and the, you know, how much the alumni means to the silver and black. What does it mean for you to be able to come back each and every year and even just observe OTAs like today? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, but for me, I mean, it's enjoyable because it gives you, lets you become kind of part of the thread of the of the organization and so you also you know have a chance to speak to the younger players get to know the younger players and they're all younger at this point <laughs> and so um it's it's just you know it's good to stay in touch what is it when you're out there observing i know what i'm kind of looking for i'm looking for attendance i'm looking for you know size of guys see if they bulked up from a year ago seeing if there's you know look like the drills are going pretty smoothly but from your standpoint what are you looking for when you're out there so in in these situations in these settings you're looking for skill sets mm-hmm. and can they be demonstrated against competition but it's not hard competition you right. know, you're running around in your shorts right so it's not like you're hitting anybody so really what you're looking for is you don't want to see guys make mental mistakes. Mm-hmm. You want to see guys be right with their footwork. You want to see guys get their hand placement, all that kind of stuff. And then even if you're not, if you're a rookie and you're doing this stuff, you're, you're still trying to figure it out. So it's just really getting everybody there and then getting a feel for what kind of team you're going to have. Right. Because inevitably uh, what it comes down to is, is the group has to gel. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't gel, you don't have a chance. And if it does gel, you got a shot. How much? How important is that right now? Oh, gelling. Huge. I mean, even though there's 90 guys, but how important is it to start gelling right now? Yeah. So you're going into the into the uh, into the schedule here, thinking, you know, who your guys are going to be. You hope to be. And there's some going to be. There's obviously going to be some guys that are going to surprise you, and you think, hey, we got one. Right. And so what you really want to see is your core group develop, and you don't win a championship 
without the locker room being right. Mm-hmm. You can't have guys who don't love football. You can't have guys who don't try to give it their all or who have some kind of pride or a chip on their shoulder right. to try to prove to you. I mean, if you have that element, you got a real chance. Because generally what ends up happening in the league is you – it's not that you win games, you lose games. Mm-hmm. So you make more mistakes. Right. So the, the idea is not to make as many mistakes as the other team while still trying to maintain a high level of play. And so the guys who make fewer mistakes are guys who are smart, mm-hmm. are guys who it means something to, and then they put the work into it. That's and, something that Coach McDaniels just told us a little while ago, that that's what he's looking for, especially yeah. in, the, in the rookies. You know, I asked him about Aiden O'Connell. He said, hey, he's swimming right now, right. but he's smart. You know, he loves football, and, and he's out here. And, and, again, these are OTAs that are voluntary, so it shows that you love football when you're out here working. Well, if you're a rookie and you're not here, <laughs> right. got, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> I but I, I had a lot of Aiden's games in college. Mm-hmm. He was at Purdue, and, and so he's, he has the skill set to be able to, to stick, right? Mm-hmm. And so he – he can throw a long ball, but with the state of their offensive line at Purdue, he was getting rid of the ball pretty quick. Right. So he had to see things fast. He had to recognize things fast. They played a lot of man against him to try to take things away, and he was accurate with the football. And so all those things are going to be a plus for him. Talking again with uh, former Raider, the great Matt Millen here with us on the Palm Further Review, brought to you by Coors Light. Uh, one of the things I noticed about Aiden O'Connell and, and something that Dave Ziegler's pointed out and Josh McDaniels is that they like guys that have been through some things and, and yeah. some deal, dealt with some adversity. He walked on at Purdue, you yep. know, he, he had to fight his way up the depth chart, and now you know he's a fourth round pick. So a guy like that, I feel like he's going to come out here with a lot to prove. Yeah, and he's that kind of kid anyway. And he had some he had some family problems. Uh, uh, somebody, one of his family members, died last year. And I mm-hmm. had that game actually and he played through it and so you know he's he's been through the ringer a little bit and so he gets it and you like to see that right and because even with all those things on him all the emotional stress and all that kind of stuff he still he still played well right and that's that's really important and again he's building that right now and he's getting a lot of reps we know Jimmy Garoppolo is still you know rehabbing right now so uh, it, it's almost one of those things where I feel like he's able to take advantage of reps that he might not be getting as many of if Jimmy was healthy right now. Yeah, I mean, all the quarterbacks. Right. I mean, Hoyer's it's the same thing. So yeah. you have to take advantage when you get it. Mm-hmm. And you never know when it's going to happen, right? So right now he has an opportunity, so you take advantage of it as much as you can. Right. There's there's no doubt about it. Again, Matt Millen is with us here. And so, again, just being out there with your alumni brother, you know, how, how is that? I mean, knowing that you guys worked really hard and built some really, really great Raider teams, how, how, how much fun is that to be back with them? Yeah. That's interesting. We had a great talk uh, with uh, Dave Ziegler this morning, and um, one of the things we were talking about is like all those guys in there that you look at now and were are great, like Art Shell, yeah, great and mm-hmm. great legend, right? And uh, you know, there's guys like that. So Art showed up here at the Raiders, and he wasn't a legend; mm-hmm. he was just a rookie, right? And he had to learn, and he learned from the guys before him. And then Art, when I got here. Art took me under his wing with Gene Upshaw, and that's how I learned what a Raider is. Mm -hmm. And I think in the league right now, that's hard to do Mm -hmm. because rosters get turned over so fast and free agency guys leave fast. They're here for two years and they're gone. And you really, it's hard to build a core. And so I think that's one of the things that the Raiders are trying to do right now. And and I, I hope that it takes, but 
for us, it was a different experience than, than the way football is right now. You know, you mentioned building that core, and Dave Ziegler's told me and told mother, many others that, you know, he's trying to build this team through the draft. How important is that? As you've been in that position, Huge. how important is that to be able to hit on, on more of your draft picks? So we used to say, now you're talking, this is 20 years ago. Right. Well, so we used to say, if we hit on five picks, okay. we're good. Mm-hmm. That's a good draft. I think today it's probably more like three. Yeah. And it's and if you get a free agent someplace, uh, you know, undrafted free agent, mm-hmm. or if you get a late round pick that can play, right. that's a that's a bonus. So you're really looking at those first three guys that have to contribute, and then the rest of your team is made up of uh, free agents. Right. And and that's a whole new world that we that didn't exist when I played. Right. And so um, it's different because every year it's a new makeup. Mm-hmm. That's why maintaining a core is so important. Well, they maintained Max Crosby. They extended him to. last season, and he is one of those leaders. You mentioned you know, uh, Art Shell taking you under his wing. He's mentioned he wants to take Tyree Wilson under his wing. Right. He wants to help those defensive guys blend and gel, and, and he wants to be that leader. How important is it to have that leader like he does in Max Crosby? Huge. I mean, you, you can't overstate how important that it is. Mm-hmm. I. My my guess and my gut is Josh Jacobs is another one of those guys. Right. I just think that um, there are some guys that are just natural leaders. Mm-hmm. There's some guys who are thrust into that leadership position based on how they're playing. But some guys they don't like it. Mm-hmm. They, they're not. They don't really want to be that guy. They they like playing at a high level, mm-hmm. but let that to somebody else. And there are some guys that are just natural born. They walk in, they they just take over. That's right. just their personality. When you have one of them, and he can play, you you need to hold on to it because they're really hard to find. Is Max Crosby not the definition of a Raider? When you see him, yeah. I mean, you know what a Raider looks like. Yeah. He to me seems he's like a he's a new Raider because we didn't have all those tats back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> well, he's a, he's a fun Raider, right? Yeah. He's he's representing the organization and he wants to win. You know, you talk about guys with edges and chips on their shoulder. I mean, the guy was a fourth round pick, right? Right? They told That's him good. he had to get size. You got right. to get bigger. That's the only way you're going to be able to play. And he went Skinny out and got double, di- yeah, got double digit sacks. <laughs> and but, so if I'm his teammate, I keep reminding him of that. Right. You want you want to keep, keep him on edge. Oh yeah. So yeah. Howie was like that. Mm-hmm. Howard Matthew Moses Long, great <laughs> player. I mean, great player. Howie never thought he was good enough to stick. Mm-hmm. So I always reminded him every year. Right. Hey, don't forget you're you're a stiff, right? You, you're not that good. <laughs> and the great ones do that, right? The great yeah. ones continue to find ways to push themselves, yep. or like you said, have teammates out to push them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so I mean, and it's all you know. It's he loved the game. Mm-hmm. Max loves the game. There are guys, when you have those guys, you got to hold on to them. Right. But you also have to have relationships on the team like that. Like, you know, I still call Howie and I tell him, hey, you're not that good. You know that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you're the only one that can get away with that. <laughs> no, no, no. Howard Matthew Moses, man, he was, he was a guy who he was really, he looked hard at himself every yeah. game. You That's know, if good. If he got blocked one time, all I had to do was remind him of it right. all week long. That's awesome. That's all. I, I I want to run into him and be like, Howie, you know you weren't really that good. And then just get out the way, right? <laughs> He's going to be like, wait, hold on. Who are you telling me? No, he wouldn't, he wouldn't do that. <laughs> he might say, you talked to Millen, didn't you? Right, right. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, you've been in front offices. You know what building these teams are about. How, I don't want to say stressful, but how is it this time of year, especially at June 1st? I mean, there's June 1st cuts. There's all kind of stuff that goes into building a roster. Yeah, so it's you have, a, you have your system down. Mm-hmm. You have to be on the same page with your head coach. So Dave is doing – Dave, if he's doing his job right, mm-hmm. which I know he is, right. 
Um, he and the head coach have got to be on the same page. They have to be in, in step. And inevitably, you're really relying more on your head coach than than you as a GM. Right. You'll give him his your opinion. You both will share those opinions. And then, you know, if he says, look, I like this guy better, mm-hmm. I'm not going to take the guy he doesn't like. you right. got to take the guy he likes or you're not going to play him. I've, mm-hmm. I've watched that happen before. Yeah. And so you, you just have to really, both of you have to see the same things, have the same eyes, understand how you want to use the guy, how does he fit in our system, and then no use getting a guy who doesn't work in your system or can't do what you're asking him to do. And so you just um, – it it's just – pretty much a complete piece of it, and then you you get on the same page and it'll work. Well, I'll tell you, I saw Dave Ziegler uh, walking around the fields, you know, talking to the guys. He's always in a good good mood, spirit-wise, you know, just looks like he's so into what he's doing. I'm sure that talent evaluation is a lot of fun. Matt, I'll tell you, you, I think you're in mid-season form. You ready to go call some games, or, you know, you still, you want to enjoy this? I know you want to enjoy the summer, but it's like you're ready to go call some games. No, I think I might have to go get my back surgery. (laughs) Well, we don't. We Back want is killing me. Oh well, we're gonna make sure that you're okay. What What do you got coming up next? I mean, what What are you guys on the agenda today? You just kind of floating around with the fellas and just yeah, observing that. And you know, you can't understate that. That's it's so good to see guys. Yeah, you know, and there's and there's so many different guys that from different eras. It's interesting though because because we all came through the Raider organization, and we were heavily influenced by Al, mm-hmm. right? And so. Um, when you see that, we know what you've been through. We understand how you were coached. We understand, and all the guys here all won Super Bowls. And so you have something to go back to. So it's it's pretty good. Well, I'll tell you what, it's good to see you guys all out there. Sometimes I get caught up just kind of watching, observing, and seeing all the greats walking and talking. And uh, it's always great to be able to catch up with you. Thanks for, for spending some time with us today. Uh, not a problem at all. Thank you very much. So there you go. My conversation right there. Raiders legend Matt Millen. Again, he was out there. It was him, Mike Haynes, Charles Woodson, Jim Plunkett, Phil Villipiano, uh, Art Shell was out there. Raymond Chester was out there. So many different players that were out there. Just legendary guys. Many guys with rings guys that are in the Hall of Fame were out there on Thursday observing OTAs and interacting with head coach Josh McDaniels, interacting with GM Dave Ziegler, and of course interacting with the current Raiders roster, the 91 men that were out there. Coming up in segment number three, we'll get to your calls and your text 707-654-4693. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Went a little long there in segment one and two, so not going to have a lot of time to get to the calls and texts, but let's go ahead and jump in. I want to start with this call from Nathan Glass. He's a Steeler fan. He chimes in on the show quite a bit, but he's calling to respond to Proto's call from Thursday's show and explains why he feels like the sky is not falling. As a matter of fact, he likes the direction that the silver and black is going. Remember, this is a call from Nathan Glass, who is not a Raider fan, he's a Steeler fan, but he listens to the de- the show daily. Here he is, Nathan Glass. Hey Q, Nathan Glass calling you Steeler fan. Look, I just listened to your podcast, and I'm uh, going back on. You got a call from uh, Proto. Uh, hope I said his name right. And uh, about what the Raiders are doing. Look. I'm not going to go through the whole schedule because you guys, uh, of course, you know, but I'm going to go back to you guys' first three games last season. Chargers lost 24-19. Uh, 
Cardinals lost week two. Uh, I think it was 29-23. And then uh, you lost to the Titans, I think 24-22 or 24-21, something like that. Look, bro, these are all one-possession games. These are all one-possession games. And, you know, that you know that falls, you know, that could fall on the defense. Flash that could fall on Derek Carr making a mistake, a bonehead move. But look, Carr's gone. You got Jimmy G. I feel that the Raiders defense has improved. You picked up my boy Spillane. You got Tyree Wilson. You got that uh, that rookie from Alabama that should be straight. Max Crosby. Uh, of course, you got Mad Max. Chandler should have a comeback season. I think you guys are fine, man. Honestly, I think you guys are fine. And I'm just saying, I think you guys have upgraded enough where that 0-3 start could easily be 2-1. You know what I'm saying? And and, 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 and and that's honest. So with pro football focus saying uh, the target is 7 and they're saying less than 7, that's bull****. Because, like I said, you guys gotten better. You guys had six we- six wins last season. You guys gotten better, and how do you guys get worse from here? That's 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 bullshit. I think they I think they got it out for y'all on that on that on that projection. I easily can see nine maybe ten wins this season for y'all, and that's and that's coming from a fan of another team. So yeah, so that's all I have to say about that. Um, keep up the good work, even as a Steeler fan. I listen to y'all podcast every damn day. Faithfully, and and that's just because uh, I respect what you do and all you do. And uh, I'm ending on this note. Happy birthday to Lil Q. Hope you have a good one. Ball out, and uh, talk to you soon. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. You know, I really enjoyed that call because sometimes it's good to hear from the outside looking in. Sometimes, you know, I could look at something and because I'm a fan of the team first before anything else, I could look at it a certain way. Or I could even get caught up in my emotions on certain things. Even though I try not to do that, I try to stay very low-key and chill and relaxed and reserved. And some people don't like that. They think I'm too low-key and reserved and I'm not emotional enough. But I could appreciate that call because, again, it's not coming from a fan's point of view of the team. It's coming from a football fan, a guy who observes the team and thinks that the team is trending in the right direction and brings up the, you know, the first couple of games of the season, those easily, even though the Raiders start out over, they easily could have started out with wins in all those games. There's just a play here, a play there, as Nathan pointed out. And that's the thing about it. When I was talking about turnovers and defense in, in segment number one, a turnover there created by the Raiders, a turnover here created by the Raiders, a turnover there. You know what I mean? That could have won the game. Just like Derek Carr threw three interceptions week one against the Chargers, they still were in contention for that game. They still could have came back and won. Just think if it was only two turnovers. Or think about if the Raiders created a couple turnovers, what position they'd be in. So, I mean, the schedule looks tough. Uh, the odds makers don't have them very high. Again, seven and a half wins, and most people are taking the under on that. The Raiders have traditionally gone over the win total, I think, like three out of the last four years. Last year, they obviously didn't, but they have done it. So I do like the perspective of Nathan Glass. Again, a Steelers fan who listens to the show. And thanks for the shout-out for Little Q's birthday as well. Definitely appreciate that, man. That's really cool. Appreciate anyone who reached out. A lot of people hit me up on Twitter. It was like, tell Little Q I said happy birthday. I thought that was uh, really, really cool and, and not something that you have to do. But like I said, thank you for that. It means a lot. 
Up next, got a text from King Raider in L.A. It says, hey, Q, King Raider from Compton, California. Just seen a quick clip of McDaniels being asked if he was confident in Jimmy G being available for training camp. And the way he said, I have no anxiety, you guys might, but I don't. With that sneaky grin, almost wanting to laugh, man, I think he knows something for sure we don't and has something up his sleeve. Might actually have the plan after all. I'm hoping so because I want to see my team win. Go Raiders. That's King Raider in L.A. And, and that's real. Sitting in the press room when he said that, you know, he looked around. He had that smile on his face. He seemed cooler than the other side of the pillow. Now, that could be a BS, you know, uh, smirk. That could be a BS confidence. Or it could be like, yeah, I know that everything is fine. And, well, you guys will just have to wait and see. So that's why I said in, in segment number one, like, I'm not going to harp on Jimmy G every day. We've said what we had to say about it. I've talked about Jimmy G till I'm blue in the face. I've said everything that I could say about it. Now, at this point, it's just wait and see. But uh, text, uh, thank you, King Raider, for that text. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a call from Chuck Raider in the ATX. That's Austin, Texas. He's called to talk about the overreaction to the Jimmy G situation and also talks about the defensive line and his expectations for them this season. Here he is, Chuck Raider in Austin, Texas. Hugh, what's up, buddy? This is Chuck Raider in the ATX. Hey, I wanted to give you a call here. Everybody's getting up in arms and getting a little nuts on this Jimmy G stuff. Uh, you know, this is happens to a lot of veterans, man. I'm not... I wouldn't even doubt if some of the guys they signed had the injury clauses in their contract. You heard what the general manager said. Everybody's getting a little carried away with this stuff. Jimmy G will be ready. He'll be ready for the first game. I have no doubt in my mind. And the other one I was going to bring up is uh, uh, the D-line. So, you know, they did a tremendous amount of work on the D-line, and I think that's going to pay big dividends this year. Those guys they took in the last draft, not this draft, but the draft before, in the third and fourth round, they're developing, and those guys are going to make a huge difference. And I just think the D-line is going to be incredibly improved. Um, but with uh, Jimmy G, going back to that, uh, no worries, man. I mean, I think people are, I think people have a lot of dead time on their hands right now. Uh, the, the NFL doesn't even start until September. So let's take it easy. Give the guy a chance to heal up. This guy's 30-plus years old. He's got a lot of traction in the NFL. But go look at what he's done. I mean, if he can stay healthy, he's going to do huge things for the Raiders. And the reason he got rid of Carr, man, let's go back. He blew four 10-point leads. He had a 10-point lead last year. Not only that, how about the Rams game? Let's go back to that one. Baker Mayfield off the bus, never played. And you're telling me you can't put up more points? On the Rams, that team was in disarray. I mean, Carr had to go. He had eight, nine years here. He's done with us. So the way I look at it is just Raiders move forward, man. Never look back. You go and celebrate the people that have done incredible work for the Raiders. But, you know, it's after changing. Let's go. Thanks, Q. Love what you do. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And- yeah, I mean, I, I think it's easy to get up in arms or panic when it comes to Jimmy G, but it's because of his injury history. It's not because he's like a first-time offender. It's just because if you go back and look and you're like, man, this dude's always injured. And that's that was always my concern, right, is that this dude is so injured. You know, who are we to sit there and say, oh, yeah, but this will be different. This year is going to be different. He's not going to be – it's almost like turning a blind eye, and I don't want to do that. I want to be realistic. But, you know, again, until he starts missing time in training camp, there's really nothing to get too panicked about. I think it's something to be cautiously optimistic about. You're hoping for the best. You're preparing yourself for the worst. But at the same time, it's not something to get, you know, hyperventilated about or getting, you know, all worked up about. 
uh, Matthew Butler, Neil Farrell Jr., I'm excited to see what they could do. They're guys that, that Josh Daniels and Dave Ziegler said they spent all offseason at the facility. They're working on their body. They're working on their craft. They're trying to prove that they belong in year two. They were guys that the Raiders drafted last year, and you didn't see very much production from them at all. What can they add to that room, to that defensive tackle room, to that defensive line room in general? Because, again, talking about the defense, you want to create some turnovers, you know how to do that, get pressure from that defensive line. Edge, uh, interior, all that. You get that pressure, you're going to create some extra turnovers, and that's something that they need. Thank you so much, uh, Chuck, for that call. I appreciate you. Got time for one more text. We'll take it from Jason in Idaho. Hey, Q, it's Jason from Idaho. Not sure if anyone else is tired of the money talk. Not sure if I'm alone. Seems like we all talk about prior to Mick Ziegler as lack of talent on the team, and now it's we save money dumping D.C. Wow, what a great job. We may not have to pay Jimmy G if he isn't healthy. Is anyone else worried about winning football games and caring about the contract amount? We let a top 15 quarterback lead for nothing to replace him with a broken, unable to complete a season, top 20 at best quarterback. Don't get it twisted. I agree. It was time to move on from D.C. We seem to have moved without a plan and showed everyone our poker hand. Hey, we saved money, though. We went from competing for first in our division to possibly last place, wondering if we could even compete with the Donkeys. Anyway, head event. Thanks for everything you do. I personally want to win football games and could care less about contracts at the GM's job. I better not hear we are lacking talent because we keep letting talent walk for lesser talent. Go Raiders as Jason in Idaho. And, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. I don't think that we spend too much time on contracts, at least not here on this show. I know I don't spend a whole lot of time talking money. Uh, I know money has come up recently when it comes to Jimmy G because he didn't get any money, right? He didn't get that $11.25 million signing bonus. And to me, that's a big deal. When the team decides that, hey, you're not going to get that signing bonus, we're going to put that in your base salary and you're going to have to earn it as basically every time you play a game, you get a game check. You're going to have to earn that in your base salary, right? If you make the team, that's why money's come up then. And, you know, there's other situations where money comes up as well. Obviously, Josh Jacobs holding the franchise tag, uh, $10 million, and are they going to give him a deal? But, I mean, it's part of it. But, no, I mean, you're right. At the end of the day, what matters the most is what you're most interested in, winning games. And that's what the Raiders' job is, is to win games, right? They have this brand-new stadium, got this brand-new facility, all the bells and whistles, the, the, the organization's worth a ton of money, right? Tom Brady's part of the organization or will be sooner rather than later. But at the end of the day, all that matters is exactly what you said, winning games. So the Raiders are working on that. We're out at OTAs on Thursday. Next week will be mandatory minicamp and then training camp. And once training camp kicks, then that's when the trying to win games is being built, right? Preseason and then the week one when they head to Denver. The question is, who's going to be under center? Who's going to make the 53-man roster? You know, what's it going to look like? And that's all part of building the team. That's Dave Ziegler's job. With the money that he has, you know, going back to money and money that he spent, he's got to put this thing together and put the best possible product out there for the silver and black in 2023. Thank you so much for that text, though, Jason. It's great to hear from you. And, again, that's all I got time for. went a little long in segment number one and two. Uh, Raider Nation, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Hopefully you enjoyed the week. Hopefully we're getting you through the offseason the best way possible. I know that's all I I can do is do what I do. So again, appreciate you so much. I will give you a little programming note, not for the show, but for myself on Saturday. If you're interested, I'll be on ESPN National. I do those national shows quite a bit. And I was checking out the schedule just to see who I was working with on Saturday because it normally kind of is a rotator. Saturday, 1 to 4 p.m. Pacific time. That's 4 to 7 Eastern time. I'm working with none other than Kirk Morrison, former Raider linebacker Kirk Morrison. That's going to be so much fun. That is my guy. Uh, every time that I run into him, we, he, we have a sit-down conversation. It's really good. Normally, I bring it to the podcast. But to be able to actually do a radio show on ESPN National for three hours with Captain Kirk 
that's going to be a whole lot of fun. So if you're listening to the radio, if you're driving around, you want to flip it on, check it out. That'll be fun on Saturday, 4 to 7 Eastern, 1 to 4 Pacific time. Captain Kirk and myself on ESPN National Radio. So that's going to do it for today's show. It's going to do it for this week. Uh, Appreciate all the feedback, texts, calls, tweets. It's all good. Appreciate my man Ari, at Ari Produces on Twitter, for getting us up on YouTube. And more importantly, Raider Nation, appreciate you for supporting the show. So have a fantastic weekend. Thanks so much. We'll be back on Monday. Until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.